What up, everybody? Ryan Rucco, CC Sabathia here. Brand new R2C2 about to come your way. We're going to chat with National League Rookie of the Year, Devin Williams. C will have to give me props about the New York Giants and my football picks. And could James Harden land in Brooklyn? It's all coming up on R2C2 next. What's up, everybody? We back. Another R2C2. New week. That's right. Another Raiders win. Oh, my goodness. You must, be, you must feel great about that. I do, but it's still like nine teams that can make the playoffs in the AFC, so I'm still a little nervous, and we still got to play Kansas City again. I feel like there's a lot of really good teams. Yeah, there are. There are a lot of really good teams, and then there's a couple of great teams, like like uh, the Steelers Pittsburgh. are fucking really, really good, bro. But they it's because are. of Big Ben. Big Ben's a savage. He, he is, man. He's he a is. savage, guys. Like, he I is. Mean, he is. And when he's healthy, and even when he's not healthy, because he's fucking banged up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not practicing all week, and then he was holding his arm and shit. Like, he's 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 a beast, and he he's, he just takes him to another level. Hey, before we um dive into slinging heat, which I feel like maybe you're almost giving us one there. Can I? And we're going to talk with Devin Williams, the National League Rookie of the Year, super nice kid who's. Just ridiculously talented. Um, I just I want to give some love to the artist formerly known as Lil C, now known <laughs> now now known as just Karsten Sabathia, <laughs> right? Because he's he's too old for Lil C. How about your son balling out at Dominic Smith's uh, Future Generations, uh, or, or they call it Future Generations or uh, Baseball Generations, Baseball his, Generations, his foundation, yeah. his foundations tournament. Yeah, well, he was he was the MVP of it. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it was dope. But we went out to LA uh, this weekend, and and he uh, played in Dominic Smith Baseball Generations. It was you know the top kids in the twenty two and twenty three classes, um, and it was fun, man. I mean, he, you know, he got to go out to California. Uh, Andrew Jones's son which is one of his, you know, best friends, uh, won the Home Run Derby. You know, R.J. Austin was there, Tamar Johnson, um, Caden Martin, T. Martin's son. Uh, so it's uh, it's fun right now to be able to watch these kids. Justin Crawford, who looks mm. just like Carl Crawford. Like, when oh I tell God. you he looks just like Carl Crawford, he got in the box, and it was like watching Carl all over again. And really? And he flies. He's a lefty, I, too? He's, he's a lefty swinger, but he throws right-handed. And, the, and he run like the fucking wind, dog. Like... Wow. I mean, it was incredible. So it's just fun to be able to watch this next generation, this next wave of kids coming up. And yeah, man, Lil C had a good game. So it was it was fun to watch him ball out. And, you know, uh, hopefully he just keeps continue to keep doing that, you know, keep keep his grades up and get into a good college. Let me ask you, I don't know if I've asked you this, but I, 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 I was thinking about it just because I'm sure our listeners are interested too. Like, do, how did, because he seems like just such a level-headed kid. You know, he seems like he's got a great head on his shoulders always, and he's just, just like this nice, polite, very. I mean, he just has a nice presence to him, right? Thank is, you. Is he? Do you think he, as he's getting more and more into baseball, more seriously, like does he feel the weight of a Sabathia last name as he plays? Do you think or no? I think he felt it more when he was younger because, okay. you know, his his body's. You know, he's starting to hit, and he's, you know, you look at him now, he's turning to a man, and, you know, yeah. he's got muscles, and he's getting big, and his body wasn't like that before, and he was slower, and, you know, he wasn't as good of a player as he is now, and mm. I think the weight of that name made him use Karsten, and not yeah. CC, and so now yeah. he goes by Karsten, so now, no, I don't think, I, I think he embraces it now, I think he knows what he who he is, what he is, and it, it it is what it is, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I always say, that's his name. So yeah. you know, he got to carry it. Is 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 for him to, you know, make his own name and legacy with you know with that last name now. So uh, I think earlier, yes, if you know when he was 12, 13, 14 years old. Um, now that he's 17 years old though, and you know, starting to come into his own as a, as a little man, I think I think he's more comfortable in his skin, you know, walking around as as CC Sabathia's son, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Well, it's awesome to watch, man. I I, I already have my next favorite baseball player. So, you know, <laughs> whether 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 it's in high school, college, minors, pros, wherever it ends up, 
I, I got my next favorite player, man. So, uh, so, so my guy got an MVP award this weekend. I feel <laughs> pumped about that. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so, congratulations to Karsten, man. Um, for sure. So, what do you got for slinging heat today? See, got some good slinging heats, man. It was a good weekend. Uh, what was but a good I want to weekend. I want to start with the Masters. Obviously, you know, being played, you know, this this November and not in the spring. Um, I just want to start with DeChambeau. It's just kind of <laughs> funny. You know, him coming out saying that the course is part 67 for him, and, you know, he basically went out there and imploded. Like, <laughs> shit, was, shit was funny to watch, man. Like, and it's only funny to me for me to watch people struggle in golf because I suck so bad at it. So yeah. it's fun to be like, see, everybody sucks at this shit. Like, it's it's hard. So, um, yeah, man. And then watching the, the course basically ate his fucking ball. They had 25 guys out there looking for his ball. He couldn't find it. Like, he has so many fucking provisional shots, cause like I've never seen so many provisionals in that in one round. Because I have ESPN Plus, so I was I was actually following his group. I love that app. You know, yeah, when the, when it's a the great majors, app. Yeah, when the majors roll around, so you can just watch one group, and you have to watch for the TV coverage and. Michelle yeah. Wee did a great job on there, too. They had Michelle Wee doing a lot of commentating. Oh, nice. She, yeah, she was incredible. Uh, she did a really, really dope job. So getting that inside on on uh, ESPN Plus was awesome. That's really cool, man. And uh, as, a, as an ESPN employee, I love the love you're giving to ESPN Plus. I, <laughs> right, because and, I always shit on ESPN, but yeah, yeah. The ESPN hey, Plus not- is the shit. It's nice. It's nice to hear you give it love. Yeah, it's actually it's done really well. It's got. Have you ever watched Peyton Manning's show on ESPN Plus? D- the details. Uh, not details. No, that's Kobe's, uh, but, right? Right, but Peyton's done details as well. It's yeah. Kobe's thing, but Peyton's done it. But his, uh, um, what's it called? Peyton's places. Is it funny? Yeah. It's really is it like funny. a comedy? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah he's it's hilarious. like it's like it's like you know, thirty minute or twenty minute like episodes that are. It's really really funny. You got to watch the episode he did with Tom Brady. It's huh? it is outstanding. <laughs> like I mean, it is so great. You. You know, there there's like scripted and unscripted within it. Yeah. You know, it's really good. You you right. you'll enjoy it. You'll check it out. Yeah, it's on like ESPN Plus. Um, I uh, uh, by the way, I think you're so right about golf in that regard. Like, I even think about when guys have blow up holes. That's what I think about when then I have a blow up hole because I'm like yeah. I'm not I'm not good. Right? If I break a hundred, I am thrilled. Yeah. Like, but but Me too. even right, but. But even still, like when you have a blow up hole, you're like, man, I sucked. And then, like, then you see I Tiger be doing this. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. Then you see Tiger hit three balls in the water, and you're like, oh, okay, all right. Like he it happens to him too. You know? Yeah, like, but then he came back and like waffled the tee shot right down the middle to the next uh, hole. I'm like, geez. Yeah, I know. Like man. that was crazy, uh, man. Dude, I played crazy. the other day, and I, I was only for so for me. Like I said, if I break a hundred, I'm thrilled. Through the first six holes of the back nine, I was only four over. So Damn. I was like, yeah, I was playing. I, w- I was going par bogey. First six holes was par bogey every hole. Nice. And then I, I, yeah, and then I just blew up seven and eight. But on nine, I mean, on, uh, I, I guess it was six, it say, yeah, 16 and 17. But then on, on 18, I sunk a, uh, I sunk a 15 foot putt to win my match. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it was me and my my college roommate, Bobby Coyle, and against my agent, Matt, and uh, my dad. And I sunk a 15-foot putt to win. And <laughs> and I shot 47 on the back. So I was like, I was pumped about that. Oh, like, yeah. That's, that's yeah. I mean, that's better than, I mean, I'm yeah. shooting. I'm still in the hundreds. Broke yeah. 100 one time. Yeah, but, felt, felt but, good, though. Keeps yeah, you coming and, back. And my gear is fly as fuck, so it don't even matter. No, that's key. That's key. <laughs> <laughs> what you got next for slinging heat? My next thing in heat is just a general, like, NFL, just general NFL yeah. talk, man. It was just a great weekend, you know, for football. Yeah. Watching DeAndre Hopkins make that play, my Raiders winning, uh, your Giants winning, which I don't understand, um, you winning your yeah. bet, which is, yeah. uh, you know, I was asleep when you texted me that, by the way. You texted me <laughs> oh, yesterday. You are- text me, I did. Text me about uh, <laughs> you winning your parlay you- bet. I had just got off the plane. Uh, I did. I was, I was waiting because... You gave but me a you, lot you, of shit. You texted a, a little early, shit. though. You texted yeah. a little early. It was like middle of the fourth quarter when yeah, you texted. I was waiting. I was like, when can I do this? When can I do this? And then <laughs> when, the, when the Eagles turned it over like a final or like didn't get the first down with like two and a half minutes left in the fourth or three minutes left in the fourth, I was like, all right, now, now I feel like this I can't. Right? I, was, I was worried about celebrating early because the Giants have been so bad at closing out games that I was like, I can't. I was thinking it. 
I was thinking it when it was 14 to 3, but I was but like, listen, I can't send the text yet. You guys should be tanking, Kes, to get fucking Justin Fields. Why I are you disagree. guys winning games? Because if like, this guy, be, Daniel Jones looks like he can win. He He's not. He can't. In this day and age of, of, of NFL, bro, your quarterback has to be your best player to win. Just because of the rules, the way it's set up, can't touch the quarterback, harder on the defense, all of that shit. Quarterback's got to be a baller because like a real one. I, so, I think I think he might be enough of a baller. I don't know. I think I think he might be. Not to win the Super Bowl. I don't know, man. I I I I I'm not I'm not sold on him completely. See, so I, then why are you winning games? You need to be dropping back like Joe Flacco and just throwing but, picks so y'all can fucking <laughs> lose to get Trevor because, Lawrence. But I think there's enough there around him. I mean, I, excuse me. I think that if he had enough there around him, he might be he might be a championship caliber quarterback. And I will say this. I have been unbelievably impressed with Joe Judge, except for the San Francisco game. This Joe team has Judge been, has been in, good. Yeah, they've been, they've, been in, good. they've been in every game. And the defense defensive is really coordinator, good. Defense yeah, is really good. I, I hope we don't lose the defensive coordinator to a head coaching position at the end of the year because he has been, he's been tremendous. What they've been able to do after watching that defense last year to what they're but, doing but this year. This is the, my thing, though, guys. Like, everybody's excited. Like, oh, we got a chance to make the playoffs. But if this is a normal year, where the Cowboys quarterback don't get hurt and they play yeah. as supposed to, you guys are finishing third or fourth in that division. So why, Maybe. but why in a year when you know you're not going to win the Super Bowl, why would you want to go to playoffs and fucking at fucking seven and nine or six and 10? Like to do what? To be the, to pick in the middle? That well, shit ain't going to help y'all. I think, I think at different points of development, there is value in going to the playoffs. And like, for example, I think, this ain't when, one of them years. I think it is. I think when you get, <laughs> I think when you get a young quarterback, you get him that experience. You let him taste some meaningful games. That helps him grow, right? When he gets in those situations and he has a chance to win later. Just like when we saw OKC ascend, right? Like early on, they're making the playoffs as the eight seed with that core, and it's like, all right, they're getting their feet wet. Nah, that's, diff now, that's different. That's different. It's different in basketball. It's different in basketball. I think. I think getting the experience and look. If you're talking about a team like the Jets, I see no value in them winning any games because they are so bereft of any sort of immediate hope that I think they need to lose and have the chance to have the top pick. But with the Giants, I see them as a legitimate NFC East threat next year. You know, obviously they are this year, but the division's terrible. That's, but that's the New York talking you, bro. They are I don't not think so, a man. fucking you, threat. Hey, you, you gotta be shitting me, guys. Well, are you serious? A, they're not a threat to do anything in they the playoffs this year. year because no, everybody's fucking but, three and seven. Yeah, but 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 I'm saying <laughs> I think I think next year we could be talking about them as a ten win football team. And so I think, I, I think three years from now we're gonna have this conversation. You're gonna be pissed off that y'all still got Daniel Jones. I don't that's think so, I mean. man. I don't think so. I think I'm gonna feel good about it. I, th I think I'm going to feel good about it, man. I, I do. I hope so. I hope I you're right. Because he is a good dude. I like Daniel Jones a yeah. lot. He's a great guy. But I, yeah. I just I, I just really like the two quarterbacks that are coming out. I know. I like them too. But I just think that I think – I don't think the Giants are, would be in an obvious position to draft one because I think Jones has shown enough to make you think maybe he's the guy. Maybe he's a guy. I, that That's how I feel as of now. I'm, ex I'm encouraged by what they've been. Now – I, I do have to. You bring up DeAndre Hopkins. How Bro. if you were the if you were the Texans, how did you let Bill O'Brien trade this man? I, I mean, they they didn't let him trade him. He had control. Guy was no, a GM. I, oh, but, but the own ownership saying, like, shouldn't have allowed it. Ownership shouldn't yeah, have allowed it. But man, dog, that I mean, he's incredible. I just think that they like it wasn't going to work out in Houston. Like that, you know, him and him yeah. and Bill O'Brien were always button heads. The shit wasn't going to work out, so, you know, they, they they did what they had to do. But, gosh, Lee, putting them in that offense with Kyler Murray and, I mean, Kyler Murray's really, really good, dog. Oh, my gosh, man. And, and I was completely wrong. I think everybody, anybody, everybody has to say that they were completely wrong about him. Because I don't think anybody was, would ever say that they thought he would do this. I thought he was going to be damn good. I don't know if I thought he was going to be this impactful wins I, and losses. I didn't, this I didn't think so, man. Like, yeah. I think he's he completely changed the narrative on like what you need to be as yeah. a quarterback. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you can be whatever, and and you can play. Like, it is what it is. Like, if you can throw it, you can run. You can get outside the pocket. Like, you can play quarterback in this league. 
he's amazing. He is amazing. And and Bill O'Brien's a clown for what he did with the Texans, man. Tra- man. Taking taking control, wanting to do everything, and then Yo, blowing up in your face. Game. That was a great game, though. Like the Bills. Oh, ball. that game. Josh was, Allen was is dope great. too. Oh, oh, I love Josh Allen. And the he's Bills nice, are a, Bills are a damn good team. They really are. Stephon Diggs is um, incredible. He made a sick catch too. Yeah, and the Bills were missing some key pieces because of uh, COVID last COVID, minute. Yeah, yeah with yeah. with Nor- Norman testing positive and then close contacts and whatnot. Yo, but so, like, but but the route running for the Bills, like Cole Beasley was toasting Pete, uh, Patrick yeah. Peterson and yeah. Stephon Diggs. Like, yeah. I mean, that's one of the best cover guys in the league, and and these motherfuckers running around wide open, guys. Yeah, man, that shit was crazy. That was a good game. That's a that was a really good game. That was. I a, still think. I mean, the NFC West is really tough. I still think the Rams defense. Yeah, ridiculous. Well, how about the, how about the NFC West? You got Seattle, you got the Rams, you got the Cardinals, and the Niners are they're falling bad. off, but they're not but bad. But they are yeah. bad. I mean, they yeah. got twenty nine guys hurt. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I then mean, you got I Seattle's mean, fell off a little bit. You got in the in the South. You got the Saints. We'll see what happens with Drew Brees. But and Tampa, Tampa, you know, I mean, you have there's some good teams in in the NFC. There's some really good teams. Green Bay, the start that they're off to. Yeah, like, it just I sucks because you know that they need like a little bit of help. That they I like, know. they're I just know. wasting Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they're just wasting it. Like they always yeah. play for the future, and they just got this guy and this future Hall of Famer and just kind of wasting his career at the end. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, maximize your quarterbacks. All right, what do you got next for slinging heat? See. Uh, what you got on CP3 to the Suns, bro? I'll oh, let man. you tackle that with an NBA expert. You know what? I I have to say, I'm ex- I'm excited and intrigued by it. And here's the number one reason why. Because Chris Paul had them as one of his top destinations to go to. And that's interesting to me. Because when you think about people who know the game, Chris Paul is top of the list for dudes in the league who get this league. and. The fact that he was very, not just willing, but excited about Phoenix as a destination makes me think that he believes he fits really well there and they have enough talent to make some noise there. And that makes me really curious about the Suns this season. Nah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's just they just in the West. You know, know. what I'm saying? Where you're going to have the Clippers and, you know, and, and uh, the Lakers, obviously. And I think the Warriors will definitely be back. Um, so it's gonna make for some fun basketball, but like D book with with having CP three and then D book and and Aiton and Aiton, I think yeah. man, that's gonna be fun to watch. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Man. Like really, really fun to watch. What'd you think about Lakers trading Danny Green, man? Oh, did they, is that who? The, is that who they I gave think up? He's in that deal, right? I'm making sure, but I'm pretty sure he's in that deal. Is but he going yeah. back to uh, for Schroeder? For Schroeder, he's in the deal for Schroeder, a pick and and Danny Green for Dennis Schroeder. Wow. Yeah. I know they have rumors of DeRozan coming back. And yeah. To, to, or DeRozan going to L.A. I thought it would have been cool for Danny Green to end. Well, I mean, not end. I mean, who knows where yeah. his career is. But go back to, to, to San Antonio. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's where he started. I, hit some big shots there. Um, but, man, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. They got rid of him because I mean, he's that vet. You know, you feel, I mean, I feel like two-way he's Two-way player. You know? Yeah, he's good yeah. In, the, in the locker room, I feel yeah. like. You know, so, I mean. Yeah. I mean, but, but they know better than we do, so. Maybe yeah. Schroeder's a better fit. A lot of NBA stuff happening I think, I this I think week. for sure they know they're going to lose Rondo. Rondo's out of there. Yeah. He's so. going to go. Yeah. And and Schroeder can handle the ball, so that, that, that helps with that. Plus, maybe take a little load off LeBron in that regard. All right. See, we got to do a bonus, too. Bonus sling, and he can give some love to Kim Ang. The yeah. first female general manager. Derek Jeter hires her to be the GM of the Marlins. I, I think I mean, it's just so cool to see, you know, barriers being broken, right? You know, talk about breaking through those glass ceilings. We saw that with Kamala Harris becoming, you know, the vice president, um, vice president-elect. And I, you know, we see it with Kim Ang. And you and I have some familiarity with her, you know, because of the Yankees, Dodgers, and, and now obviously going to the Marlins. But she actually, she was someone I got to know a little bit, uh, even before I worked for the Yankees, uh, and she was always just, I mean, she was unbelievable. She was so great to talk to, always ridiculously impressive. Everybody in the organization spoke so highly of her. 
Uh, and I'm so excited that she gets this opportunity with the Marlins. Yes, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's just great that, you know, breaking down barriers in this game and, you know, for her to be able to get this opportunity, um, you know, I think it's just going to open up so many other doors um, for women in this game. So it's awesome, man. I, I think it's great. I think, you know, like I said, I always say on this show, we got to give G this props. Um, he's a mm-hmm. smart dude and, you know, he made a smart hire. So, um, you know, things are looking, you know, they're rolling in the right direction down there in, in Miami. So it's, it's awesome to watch. It is. I'm I'm excited for the Marlins. I got to, you know, they're like my National League team, thanks to Jeet. So now you got Jeet, you got Kim. You know, we you, you can't have Jeet? a national. You can't have a National League team. Though. I can't have an NL team. No, no, can't, okay. you can't root for two teams. Yeah, like like you wouldn't let me root for two NBA teams, guys. Like if 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 I'm with the Nets, like I am now, and I yeah. and I said, oh, I want to go back to the Warriors, you'd be like, ah, you can't do that. It's in the East and the West. You yeah. wouldn't let me do that. So, no, you can't have two teams. you got to roll with the Yankees. It's basically exactly the conversations that you have, though. It's pretty much exactly <laughs> what you say. <laughs> that's like, it's, this, is, this isn't a hypothetical. That's spot on. This no, is, that's exactly yeah. what happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, then, let me ask you, as a Nets fan, do you want Harden coming? I do. I do. You do? I do. Uh, um, you don't, you, you're not with it, huh? I mean, you know. I don't know. Don't, I don't know. It's hard to say no. He's an amazing player. I... I and I, Listen, I, I, uh, they're, they're friends, right? Like, they're yeah, boys. Yeah. And I think they're, they're a better fit than Harden and Westbrook. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. But, but my only thing is, like, at, I have two things that I think you juggle if you're a Nets fan, right? One, at some point, do you also want some of those guys who were a part of the struggle to still be there when it's good, because they're kind of what you identify with as the Nets, right? If all of a sudden you didn't have the Jared only Allen, one, Karis the only LeVert, one is Karis LeVert. You want Le- and you probably aren't pulling off that trade Not unless you heart. trade LeVert. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like the guy, like LeVert and Harris, I would like to see get to be a part of this next chapter. You know, I, but, I don't think you have to trade Joe Harris. I, I don't think you do either. I think Harris can stay. And look, they still got to resign. Harris, but bro, but we, we knew that it was gonna be it was gonna be hard anyway for Karras. I mean, because he's he's blossoming to such a great player. Yeah, to play. He I need, mean, yeah, it's gonna with be a hard Kyrie fit. and KD yeah. anyway. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So maybe if he gets to go to Houston, he can go down there and just turn into what he's gonna turn into, which is that All Star player that we know he can be. So I know. No, I, I mean, I mean, I, you know, man. I see the positive. I, mean, I, I think, and, and I think I think the only person that I feel like I guess we could say deserves to be there if you know if they do get hard or if they do take the next step is Karis. But everybody else is expe- like, you know, like what? Yeah, I, 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 mean, it's I just, but bro, you know what it's, I'm, it's, it's pro sports because it ain't no nobody's fucking loyal. Because I, I, you know I, what I'm saying? Put a winner out on the fucking court. You know, like that's that's all people give a fuck about. Well, if you're building the team, that's what you're doing. But do you know what I'm saying from a fan standpoint? I, I understand what you're saying because yeah. everybody, those guys have been through the struggle, struggle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so for you sure. Want, when you look at like, I understand they may not have Dinwiddie, Allen, Harris, and Levert, but I would like to see them have at least a couple of those dudes then when things get good because yeah. they went through the struggle. They kind of put the organization on their back to rebuild this thing to make it attractive enough for these other guys to come. So is that is that your reservation about getting hardened here? Is that some of those guys are gonna have to leave, or you just don't think it, it'll it'll work as a as, like those guys fitting all on the court? Good question. I think it's both. I and, and by the way, that doesn't mean ultimately I may just say, well, come on, it's James Harden, you do it, you know. But but this is the thing, but, like like they're, they're like when it's superstars teaming up like that and they're friends, the shit's gonna work because they're gonna make it work because they can say whatever they want to each other. Yeah. You know what I'm and saying? Look, it's not like I, it's not like Draymond and KD where they're just getting to know each other. They're not really that cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then some shit like that happened. Like like Draymond, I mean, uh, uh, KD and Harden can have that same fight and then go to dinner the, the, the same night. Yeah. You know and, what and I'm look, saying? And, and, look, that, we, and, I, and I think that's good for a team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, do, do I think, do I have some concerns about one ball with those guys? I guess. But I do think you're right. Ultimately, They'd figure it out. They're so talented and, and they get along, so they'd figure it out. But I I mean, I'm intrigued by it. I'm curious about it. Um, I don't feel strongly one way or another. I don't feel like, oh, don't do it. And I don't feel like, oh, do it. I kind of feel like I trust Sean Marks' decision-making. Wherever he goes, I'm okay with it. Do it. You want to do it. And I feel like Harden will make it work because he's the one out of the three that don't have a ring. 
Yeah, yeah. So you think you know he'll be he'll you think he'll he'll be most likely he'll be, then to... he'll be whatever what they need him to be. Yeah, if they yeah, want yeah. him to be the scorer, then he'll do that. If they want him to sit back and you know what I'm saying, I think I think at least for the first couple of years it, it, until they get a championship, you know. Yeah. Well, see, today we get to chat with Devin Williams, National League Rookie of the Year. Guy had an unbelievable season. Unbelievable season. I mean, just ridiculous. We'll we'll mention some of the numbers to Devin when we talk with him. And, you know, this is one of the things we like to do, right? We like our audience to get a chance to hear from people who maybe they're just starting to get familiar with. They know their talent, but they don't know their personality. And now they get to hear some of it on R2C2. That's what we do, man. Yeah, for sure. And a Brewers player, too. So, you know, we got that in common. You know, I love that play. So we get in some of that combo, too. So it's, it's, it's a good conversation. Amen. So without further ado, here's the National League Rookie of the Year and a Brewer, special place in CeCe's heart, Devin Williams on R2C2. This is an exciting pod for us, C, because we get to talk to an extremely talented dude, but also someone who we get to know better. And I think the baseball world got to know well this year and wants to know even better. That's the National League Rookie of the Year, Devin Williams. Devin, welcome to R2C2, man. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. For Brew Crew, I love it, man. <laughs> I got the jersey, the yeah. hoodie. I love it. I love it. My, one of my favorite yeah, organizations. You had a little, uh, I was going to say you're a legend there. They love you up <laughs> in Milwaukee, man. <laughs> no, nah, I loved it there. I had a great time there. So it's, uh, it's fun to see, you know, you know, people still having doing great things there, and you know, obviously watching you win the rookie of the year is amazing. So that's that's dope. Yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I had to, I got to experience it a little bit last year with with the fans, but uh, yeah, they definitely support us up there. You you know what's interesting, Devin? C obviously spent a long time in Cleveland, spent a long time with the Yankees, and is still with the organization. Spent a brief time with Milwaukee but has these unbelievably warm feelings for Milwaukee. See, whenever we talk about the Brewers, you light up, man. What yeah, is it yeah. about that city and playing for the, that organization at that time? I think it's just the people. I mean, you know, the organization top to bottom, everybody's cool from, you know, I mean, from, from the GM all the way down to the guys that work in the clubhouse. You know, Eddie Cedar, the throw base coach. You know, Jason in the clubhouse. Tony in the clubhouse. Like, they're just like people that you want to be around. It just feels like home. So, you know, I got traded from Cleveland, um, and I was there for seven years, the place that I'd grown up, you know, become, became a man there. And then to go to Milwaukee and have that same warm feeling, it felt like I had been there for 10 years. So I'll always have a warm spot in my heart for that place, and, and uh, hopefully I can get back up there next summer and, and watch this guy pitch. Yeah, is it still the same place, Devin? Does it, is that the way it feels for you with this organization? Yeah. Exactly, exactly the same. It's kind of funny. He's just ripping off the names. I'm like, yep, that's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's everybody's still there. Eddie's still cracking jokes. You know, he's Eddie. You know, you got to meet him, but he's, he's a great the best. dude. Yeah, he's the yeah. best. Yeah. You got to have Uker, those guys. Is Euchre still there all the time down in the food room? I would say he probably was there more when you were there, but he comes and stops in, and everyone's attentions on him still whenever he comes into the room. So, yeah, that's that's my guy too. He's got the best stories, man. I'm telling you, him and Yogi, yeah, the best storytellers for hours. For <laughs> yes. sure. Yeah, you know, you know what I love about that as a as a fellow play by play guy. Like I, I just love that. Like Bob Uecker has that relationship. I mean, he's a legend, obviously, for a variety of reasons. But that's mm -hmm. awesome that like he has that kind of relationship where you guys want it to be story time, Devin. I mean, you will you guys just sit around and listen to him? Oh yeah, for sure. Like everyone. I don't know. He's untouchable in the Brewers organization. Like even in <laughs> spring training, it's like everyone's all the players park in the lot and Euchre drives his whatever car he's driving that day. I don't know. He parks right in front of the door and just gets out and walks in. Everyone's like, Oh yeah, Euchre's <laughs> car. <laughs> that's that's fantastic, man. I, I that that is what I think all of us play by play guys want to aspire to where we actually get the best parking spot on the team. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's by far got Better, he's got a better parking spot than Antonasio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that is hilarious, De Devin. You know, you, uh, I mean, you had an unbelievable season. I just, I want to rip off just a few numbers for our audience. Um, 
You gave up one run in 27 innings. You struck out 53% of the batters that you faced, which was the highest percentage in Major League history for any pitcher who threw at least 20 innings. Opponents were two for 62 against your changeup this season, which is just like, I mean, ridiculously silly. <laughs> and, and you're the first reliever to win rookie of the year uh, since Craig Kimbrell did it in 2011. You're the first pitcher ever to win rookie of the year without having a save or a start. Let's, let's begin with the changeup, though. What makes the changeup just so ridiculous? Honestly, I think it's probably the, the movement I'm able to create. You know, it's kind of um, unique. Like, you don't see it. Like, you know, there's a lot of guys who are a really good slider, but, like, you see that all the time. So it kind of um, waters it down, I guess. You know, people mm. adjust to that, and I'm kind of doing something right now that no one else is really doing. Was that always your pitch? Like, did you always, like, could you always just throw a changeup really good? I mean, like, when did when did you develop that? When did you start throwing it? And, like, who taught it to you? Uh, I mean, yeah, I've always had it, to be honest with you. I just never used it, like, to this 52% or whatever it was this year. Like, I've never used it that much. Um, like, they always wanted me to focus more fastball slider. And then, you know, changeup was there. It was always, like, a comfort pitch for me, like, when I got behind in the count. Like, 2-1, I would use it there. I never used it, like, against righties, really, like I do now. Like, it's just, it was more of, like, getting comfortable because like mm -hmm. when I was younger, like I just wasn't comfortable. I ended up hitting people with it. If I try to throw it to a righty because it runs off that way, but you know, just kind of honing that in and getting comfortable backfooting guys with it, essentially like same thing you're trying to do with a slider a on slider. the other side of the plate, but I'm doing it backwards. Can you, can you start it like different places and like, I mean, can you throw it into lefties? You know what I'm saying? Like, can you make it come back? Like, do you do you start at different places, or do you just throw, start it right down the middle? I think, I mean, I can, and I do, like, do, like, a front front hip to yeah. a lefty, but that's probably my least comfortable location right now. Okay. Um, that's probably the one that I need to add to my bag. But, I mean, away to a righty, into a righty, those are all, like, super comfortable. That's interesting, oh, Devin, because it, it, did did the organization come to you then and say, hey, we want you to throw it more? Like, how, how did you all of a sudden start throwing it right? Were you throwing it 50% of the time? Um, I mean, last year is kind of really where it took off in the minor leagues. Uh, I was just beating everyone with my fastball, and then I get to two strikes and throw the change up and it was, see you later. But, I mean, like, guys at the big league level start to pick up on that. You can't just throw them a fastball all the time to try and get ahead. But that was, like, kind of something that, like, we kind of went back and forth on, like, my usage because they wanted me to throw it more. They're like, look, it is it is what it is. It's really good. Like, you can throw it as many times as you want to. It's still not going to hit it. But, it's like, to me, I still need my fastball to be there. You know what I mean? Because that's that's what makes my changeup what it is because they have to respect 97, 98, whatever it is. Yeah. And that's, that's, and, and, and Brian, that's what we've been talking about on the show. That's a little bit of mm -hmm. the analytics where they just want you to throw your best pitch 60% of mm -hmm. the time. They don't understand yep. that that fastball sets up the, the swing and misses and the 53% of the, the strikeout. You know what I'm saying? Like that high strikeout rate, like it, the fastball sets that up. So if you just sit there and pump slide, those, those change up after change up after change up. This is the big leagues. Guys going to make an adjustment. They're going to mm -hmm. stop swinging at it. The thing about Devin, though, is that he can throw his changeup for a strike, so they have to respect it. But still, I mean, the fastball is what makes the changeup so good. Pretty spot-on analysis like, there, mean, Devin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to set your pitches up. I mean, there was one earlier this year. I think I was facing Brad Miller. It was 2-2. I threw a fastball up and in, like, and he kind of did like one of those. You know, he kind of jumped <laughs> out of the way. And then the very next pitch was a changeup right down the middle. But if you watch it on the video, it's on the same exact line as the fastball that I just threw off that. And he just mm -hmm. watched it right down the middle. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just little things like that. You know, did, with the movement, was this something you're figuring it out when you're seeing that movement naturally, kind of to what C was talking about before, but you're seeing you have different movement with your changeup as a kid, a, you know, in the minors, like when are you first realizing like my changeup's a little different than other people's changeups? Even if you weren't yet throwing it a ton or throwing it an inordinate amount, 
when did you first look at it and say, you know what? The movement is unique. Um, I mean, honestly, I never really paid attention to like all the numbers and everything, but that'll really tell you the truth, you know, but I always knew that it was good and I would see like hitters reactions to it. Obviously you see how it plays. So obviously you're doing something right. If they, they're swinging and missing, like that's what you want as a pitcher. So, um, I mean, yeah, it, it's, I've always thought it was good. I just didn't use it. And like, I never used it in high school because I'm blowing 93, yeah. 94 capacity yeah. kids. Why am I going to use a change Yeah, that's a heater for them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So how about, Devin, how about just the transition from starter to reliever, you know, when you're, when you're in the minors? Because, I mean, hey, your minor league numbers as a starter were pretty good early on in the minors, right? I mean, your first three, mm-hmm. four years, like up through the beginning of, I guess, well, through single A and then, you know, I guess 2018 high A, you struggled a little bit as a starter, right? But your numbers have been good mm-hmm. as a starter. How how difficult was it to embrace, no, I'm, go- I'm, I'm making a full-time transition to the bullpen? Um. I mean, I always thought personally I was a pretty good starter. Uh, I just kind of—I don't even count 18 because I was coming back from surgery. Tommy John, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't hard at all. Um, they kind of just threw it at me at the last minute in spring training, and were like, "Look, this is what you're gonna do, or you, you probably won't be here," you know. <laughs> and I mean, what are you gonna say to that? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> adjust or you're out the door, you know. So yeah. Uh, getting to double a that we had a lot of like veteran bullpen guys so they were all really good to me like i just they kind of helped me develop my routine my daily routine and just like things like that you know just mentally preparing to be ready to go every day Uh, is that that's the biggest adjustment right like like coming from pitching every five days to being having a routine and being ready to to you know go every single day that had to be like the biggest adjustment you think yeah for sure. Um, just like getting the body ready every day. You know, you don't have those four days in between starts to do whatever you need to do. It's like, okay, you had, you pitched last night. All right. Can you give me an inning today? So it's just like mentally, physically being able to prepare for those type of things. Devin, how about running out? And I know this was only, I mean, this is your second year in the big leagues, right? But you didn't throw enough innings to, exclude you being a rookie and obviously winning rookie of the year this year mm-hmm. but but you mentioned before you got to experience some fans your your you know first little taste of the big leagues this year you didn't what was it like especially as a reliever running into high leverage situations you know big games but not having that crowd to help fuel the adrenaline how how, how much different did that feel and what was were you still feeling all the adrenaline you would being in the game at a big spot? There's definitely adrenaline, but not to the extent that it would be if there's 30,000 people in the stands, you know? Mm. Uh, kind of like sometimes it was almost like you kind of force it to like amp myself up, you know, mm. to to be mentally ready because I, mm. I'm like a guy that I rely heavily like on my mental, you know, when I'm on the mound. So that's like important to me to just like get up and like be energetic because most of the time I'm just like really chill and laid back, but like not on the mound. <laughs> that's not good on the mound for me. <laughs> well, that's interesting. So what what do you do then, like mentality wise on the mound? If chill isn't good for you, what are you doing to lock yourself into the place you need to be mentally? Uh I don't know. It varies. You know, sometimes like I'm ready to go from the moment I step on the bump. And then sometimes like I'm like three pitches in and my mind's still wandering or doing whatever. And I'm like, I throw a bad pitch and it's like, all right, you fucking suck, dude. Get it together. Let's fucking go. You know, uh, <laughs> like I'm in the game. Like this is not a bullpen anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, let's go get it together. Fucking go after his ass. Like, that's what I'm saying to myself. And then I just carried on to the mound. 
Man, I ain't gonna lie, the first three pitches, I was just trying to catch my breath from the jog in. Like, he was like, you jog in, you need eight pitches? Fuck no, I'm just gonna throw these three pitches and I'm gonna be tired for the next three pitches. I'll be ready after that, though. <laughs> Every hitter I faced out of the bullpen, I was 3-0. And I came back to get the out, but I was just fucking tired from the jog in, cuz. <laughs> Hell yeah, it's definitely, it's it's a long run, man. People don't think about that. <laughs> I, I, I feel like, see, I feel like you probably handle that run a little bit better now with your new physique. Oh, yeah, I mean, now it's a different story, but I probably yeah. couldn't get it out right now with this new physique, so, you know. <laughs> I got it fucking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'd rather get out yeah. and be fat than be fit yeah. and fucking can't pitch. Damn right. Hey, For anybody. You got to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do, dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that was for all the people in the DMs like, why didn't you lose this weight when you were still playing? Like, there you <laughs> exactly. go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> didn't, you, didn't you do that a while back? You did that. You lost I did. It was the best. And then you didn't have a good year. That was the best thing that ever could have happened with me. I lost, a, I lost like 45 pounds. I came in at 265 and I fucking sucked. And they were like, Oh yeah, go ahead and be and be two ninety or three hundred. It would do do whatever you need to do to win games. So it was literally the best exactly. thing that ever happened to me. Hey, hey. <laughs> it worked for you, man. Don't don't change it. Add a little excitement to your sports watching experience by betting on all the action on FanDuel Sportsbook this football season. There's a reason why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Their app is simple to use. They've got great odds on all different betting markets, unique, fun bet types like same-game parlay, and exclusive always-on promotions to let you get more action out of every game day. And if you win, they even get you your winnings safely in as little as 24 hours. Right now, FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just place a bet on any game and FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back if you don't win your first bet. Seriously, there's no strings attached. Just place any bet you want. If you win, you keep the cash. If you lose, you will get your entire bet up to $1,000 back in site credit. See? All right. I won last week with my same game parlay. Even though you clowned me, the Giants not only covered, excuse me, not covered, not only did they win with the points, they just won flat out against Philly, and they had over 20 and a half points. You clowned me. I was right. But this week, we're going to go with your pick for the same game parlay. What do you like? Can't believe the fucking Eagles lost to the Giants, guys. <laughs> but anyway, I like, I like the Browns at home to cover. Minus three against the Minus Eagles? Minus three against the Eagles. And So you're mad and at the I, Eagles take, for last it, week, so now you're going against them. I'm going against them. And, yeah. and I want to take the under. All right, you see a defensive battle. You know what? Browns offense has had a little trouble scoring, so I, I, they, I they, see that. They, they've had some big-time trouble scoring. And the Eagles, we watched that offense struggle scoring. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be a low-scoring game. All right, so C has Browns minus three, Austin Philly, plus the under 47 and a half. If you've never tried FanDuel Sportsbook, what are you waiting for? Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started and be sure to sign up with the promo code R2C2 so they know that we sent you. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code R2C2, 21 plus and present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado, Iowa, Tennessee. First online real money wager only. Site credit is non-withdrawable and expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See sportsbook.fanduel.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois. In Tennessee, Redline, 1-800-889-9789. Or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Devin, you talk about your mental. Like, do you have different either like besides the the um the pep talk to yourself, do you have anything that you always make sure you listen to or watch on a game day? Anything to get you in the frame of mind that's part of your routine? Mm, it's just for me, it's music. Music just gets me to where I need to go. You know, I like to listen to some like hard like rap, you know, something to like pump me up before I even go out to the bullpen. Mm. And then like once I'm there, it's kind of just chill, you know, kicking it with the boys a little bit, watching the game, kind of reading the situation. And then you lock in like when I realize he's probably going to be calling down here for me pretty soon. You know what I mean? What What do you listen? I mean, you say hardcore rap. Who are you listening to? I listen to Lil Baby, 
Polo G is probably one of my favorites right now. Um, Lil Uzi, you know, pretty much everything. Uh, Ruko was hoping you said Eminem. Nobody, nobody listens to Eminem, Ruko. <laughs> I, I respect him. I respect Eminem, but I, I don't listen to him for real. That shit ain't getting pumped up. Hey, Ruka, whoa, you whoa, whoa. You it's was like definitely hoping. You was definitely hoping he said Eminem, guys, well, for sure. I, I'll take you behind the curtain. <laughs> I'm always hoping everybody always says Eminem. I'm the biggest stan in the world. Nobody's but, ever going to say Eminem but, on the show, wait, dog. Wait a minute. <laughs> Let me tell you something. First of all, for getting pumped up, M is great. And Music to be Murdered by is a wonderful album. His last album. <laughs> see, even you were like, all right, he brought it with this one. Come on. Oh, hey, but, but I was more so asking because I knew that Devin was going to say some dudes that you and I both are like, just like kind of familiar with, you know, but no, not, I, it's not. I, you know what? So, I, you know, having a 17 year old now, I listen to uh, a lot of Lil Baby. Lil Baby oh, is, is playing all the guy. time in my house. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm listening to a lot now. So it, like having a young, like having a 17 year old keeps me kind of in the loop. You know what I'm saying? So I can like talk the talk. Yep. But I do listen to a lot of Lil Baby now. So I can't even lie. Yeah. That's what I walked out to this year. Really? Baby, Which the song? Bigger picture. The Big yeah, Picture. Yeah. The Big Picture. Oh, that, which know. is mm-hmm. a fire song. Yeah, it came out I'm right gonna, at the time when we needed it, too. That was fire. You, I, yep. I'm going to have to you look this up. Facts, I mean. mm. I, you never I feel heard like, it? Well, no, Absolutely man. Absolutely not. If, if <laughs> Absolutely I, not. <laughs> if I did, I don't know. I don't know. I have to tell you, like all these like, you know, little... Little baby, little this, little that, little like I don't know any of these littles. Like I, I don't, I, I I don't know any of even when like a boogie with the hoodie, like all these dudes, like Uzi Vert, like I I I don't know, man. Like I I stopped it. What after Drake, I stopped being current. Like I, I, <laughs> yeah, well Drake Drake's an OG now, man. He's an old man. Drake I is know. old now, cuz. Which is nuts, but but it's weird how that happens, right? How you could be like, and I'm not Devin. You're 26. I'm yeah. I'm about to be 34. C I'm is 40. 40. Like so, we're not that we're not that old. But it's just funny the generational difference because, like you know, growing up, you know, and all through college and everything, like I'm on even those peripheral rappers, right? Like when you're in mm-hmm. the current times. But now you could name someone who's like mainstream now. And for me, they're not even in my periphery. Like I have no idea about them. Like it's wild. It'll happen nah, to you eventually. I, I, I knew I knew I was old when uh, that Two Chains album came out, and I was I was with Todd Gurley, and I was like, "Yo, that Two Chains album is dope." He was like, "Yeah, that shit cool for old heads, but the Baby <laughs> album is the one that go." And I was like, "Yo, I'm, I'm an old man, cuz you know what I'm saying? Like I had to take that shit." He was like, "Yeah, that shit dope for old heads." I was like, "Oh yeah, I mean, I guess." I guess I'm fucking old. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so if you're listening to an old head or an OG, who are you listening to, Devin? Uh, Nelly. Gotta go with Nelly. That's my... That's oh, my you're, you're, yeah, you're a St. Louis guy. Makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Nelly, Nelly was a baseball player. He's a yep. good baseball player. Yeah, I used to have his little... Or my little CD player. You know, you had one CD with my headphones that's what I listen to on the when I walk to school every day <laughs> <laughs> you, you would always listen to Nelly huh and the St. Lunatics yep. St. Lunatics has some dope albums too mm-hmm. yeah they have some hits have you gotten to uh, meet or talk with Nelly at any point I still haven't met him which is unfortunate but you know hopefully I'll be able to soon you know what you win rookie of the year doors start opening man so, uh, yeah. all of a, I mean, uh, hey, we got to do a collab. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Have him, yo, have him and little baby get together, come out with a personalized walkout song for you. Which would be fine. Yeah. That would be cool. I don't know. It would be interesting to see how their styles play together. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, it would have to be like Nelly on the hook. It'd be like Nelly on the hook with a dope beat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. What? You know, when you, Devin, you, you you played this season and you had to face uh, a National League lineup with DHs, you know? And, you know, for you, mm-hmm. okay, you don't have 18 years of pitching in the National League and dealing with one thing, but obviously you have a lot of teammates who are more familiar with it. 
how and you and you did have one year of going through, you know, pitchers in the lineup or at least part of a season. How different do you think it was for pitchers to navigate National League lineups and like how much commentary was there from your teammates of, oh man, this is this is a lot different than years past, or this is a lot harder now that we got to deal with the DH. Um, I mean, there really wasn't any like complaining or anything about it. You know, it, it is what it is. Like we we have the DH too, so they're doing the same thing. But um, I mean, personally speaking, it didn't change much for me because most of the time when I'm in the game, they're not hitting anyway. You know what I mean? They got a pinch hitter in there. So it really didn't change all that much. Mm. I hope they keep it in, man. I really like it. I mean, just for the offensive standpoint of the game and like watching the game as a fan, Nobody wants to watch the fucking pitcher hit, man. Like, like, let's get a DH in there. I'm let's to make... <laughs> I want to hit But then you can DH then. You know what I'm saying? You get a day to DH. Like, if you got an off day, you pitch back to back. The third day, you get the DH. That's how that shit should work. I don't know. I might, I might have to talk to counts. <laughs> <laughs> counts might go for it. That's, that's another thing, too. Know. Like, it, it's weird that, like, I play with counts, right? And he wasn't that much older than me. He didn't feel older. And now he's like a manager. Like, it's just like, even like Booney, like, just watching these dudes become managers and guys that I play with and so close with, like, me and counts got kids the same age. Like, it's just, it's crazy. It's dope to see. But but that was just weird hearing him say, I got to talk to counts. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's funny, man. That's my teammate. It's crazy. It's dope. We always joke because he just, he just turned 50 this year. Like, yeah. he looks like he could still be out there playing with us. Like, <laughs> Man, still got the best Cavs on the team, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I didn't realize how much of a red ass he is, man. Like, he gets pissed, guys. He used to scream shit from the dugout when we were playing. It was so funny, and I had no idea. So when I went over there, I thought he was just quiet, you know what I'm saying? And we get to the first game, and he's going ballistic in the dugout. This shit was hilarious, bro. <laughs> yeah, he he's good. probably he's probably a little more tone toned back now that he's managing. But like, if he sees some stuff he don't like, he'll get going for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, what is he like overall as a manager, Devin? Um, honestly, he's probably the favorite person I've played for. Honestly, wow! Like yeah, that's it, awesome. with everything that that's gone on this year, you know, he had my back the whole time. He called me in his office, you know let me know that he had my back. He was like, look, whatever you want to do, however you're feeling, like we can talk about it. Like we can do whatever, whatever you're comfortable with. You know, we got your back. So I really appreciated that. That had to be a big thing with everything that was going on this year and, and, and you know, walking into a clubhouse and being the only black person, you know what I'm saying? It's, it could be isolating if, if your teammates aren't, don't have your back, you know what I mean? And, you know, cause Lil Kane opted out, mm-hmm. he wasn't there. So, you know, for you to be a rookie and, and, you know, for him to call you, call you in the office and tell, Till you had your back. That's that's cool. Was the rest of the guys like that too? Was the rest of the teammates like pretty cool about it? Yeah. I mean, there wasn't really anyone that like voiced an opposing opinion. But yeah, pretty much everyone was just like super supportive. I mean, to be honest with you, like even the whole um of the game that we did, it wasn't even necessarily my idea. It was something that was brought to me by another veteran guy. He was just like, What what do you think about this? And I was like, I mean if it was up to me, yeah, this is what we would do. But, I mean, if everyone's not on board with that, then I, I get it. But, like, that person kind of brought it up, not myself. They brought it up to everybody, and we all agreed that we thought it was the right thing to do. See, you talk about that a lot, how, you know, the dynamics of being black in a major league clubhouse and, you know, and how isolating it can be. I, I, I want to throw it to Devin as a next-generation guy but I'll throw it to you first, See, Where do you feel like the game is at now? Obviously, there's been a lot of talk in recent years about trying to make sure that, you know, there are more black athletes playing baseball and, you know, in Major League Baseball. Where do you think like we're at now compared to a few years ago? Like, are you seeing anything, See, on that front that makes you feel like there's progress or we're moving the right direction or, or, um, or things being done? I mean, yeah. I do just, but just recently, you know, I mean, we're we're in the same spot that we were in 2007. You know what I'm saying? It's just still on the decline. But me being out here with my son and watching how many black kids are playing, um, us being in the Players Alliance, having everything together is a huge thing because 
we we aren't we weren't connected before. Like we all did our own thing. Like I had a foundation, Kurt had his foundation, you know, Dom Smith, like everybody was kind of all over. But now, you know, having the players alliance and having everybody together and being able to be connected with Devin and be connected with, you know, all the other rookies, Kyle Lewis and whoever else, like it's it's a big family. So I, I definitely think we're gonna see some things start to move here in the next couple of years and, and some big strides and you know, having more, you know, black opportunities in the game from top to bottom, from you know, ownership to GMs to, you know, scouts down to players. So um, I'm excited about, you know, it's just, I'm disappointed about where it is now, but mm-hmm. I'm excited about where we're going and, and how we're going about it, you know, us being all together. Uh, Devin, how important is that to you as well as a young dude in this game? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, like he said, that connection, you know what I mean? Like everyone was reaching out to me, you know, just, making sure I was comfortable and if making sure I didn't need anything or things like that. Like it just made it a lot easier for me this year. Definitely. Well, you know, something, see, you always talk about like black aces and, and you know, how important being a part of that group is to you. Um, And one thing, Devin, you did this year, you and Kyle Lewis were the first black rookie of the years to sweep the awards in 35 years. I mean, incredible how much did that mean to you man and did you take note of that you know when when obviously that stat started percolating yeah for sure i mean it's definitely something you pay attention to um i mean i thought it was really cool that out of what eight percent like that's not even rookies but eight percent of all mobs black and then you ended up with me and him winning rookie of the year i thought that was pretty special yeah no, for and, sure. And, and, and not, you know, I love K. Lou. I mean, he's obviously an unbelievable talent. I watch a lot of their games, but you're even more rare than he is. You know, a black reliever, a back, a black pitcher. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So to be able to win the award, doing what you're doing, it, it just carries on like our legacy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like exactly. our side of it. So we don't, we don't really get a lot of shine, and and it's not a lot of us. So you know, I think everybody, you know, was rooting for you, especially the especially the pitchers for sure. For sure, and I mean, I think that's. It kind of goes back to, like, I said that it's important for kids to see, like, people that look like them, you know, doing doing these things. And there was a lot of people that, like, got upset over that. And I just don't get it because I know for me as a kid, like, if, you, if I didn't see any black pictures, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to be like, I could do that too. But yeah. when I was a kid, I had you and other guys like you. I was like, okay, that is something that I could do. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and that's what go. That's what I talk about with Dave Stewart. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's what I talk. That's why, and that's why I always tried to be myself, like and walk around with the baggy pants and the hat and talk the shit, whatever, and let people know, like I am from, I'm from the mud. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I'm out here, and mm-hmm. I can do this. So, like that, it's the same with like when I watch Dave Stewart out on the mound. Like shit, I can, like that dude's from Oakland. Like I can, I can fucking make it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's important, exactly. man. It's re- it's really really important to me for us to have black pitchers and have people representing us standing on the mound and, and kids in the hood that can look up and be like, damn, that's a powerful thing and I could probably do that. So that, that means a lot yeah, to Yeah, absolutely. Every black kid doesn't have to be an outfielder. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, don't we have can to be a center too. fielder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. De- De- Devin, what was it like growing up in St. Louis? Um, I don't know. I loved it. If it is, it's the only thing I knew, you know what I mean? But, uh, I don't know. Growing up, it was just going back to see black kids here playing baseball. It's not really popular. Everyone here plays football or basketball. So most times at a tournament, any given tournament, I was probably the only black kid out there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was cool. <laughs> did, did you grow up a big, like, big fan of St. Louis sporting sports teams? Or like, who did you root for growing up? Uh, I was a huge Cardinals fan. Like, I didn't miss a game. Like, me and my grandma, my grandma used to take me to games all the time when I was a kid. Like, Yadi Molina was my favorite player. <laughs> Yadi and Pujols, those are my guys growing up. That's dope. Uh, it was a little different getting to face Yadi, man. Um, <laughs> just like, I feel like, I don't know, he just, I don't know, he kind of feeds into it, but there's like an aura about him where he's just like, do you know what I'm throwing? Like, cause he keeps <laughs> swinging like he knows what's coming. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> he definitely feeds into that too. Like he'll walk around the mound and like look at you and shit. Like he tries to intimidate yeah, you for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. 
That is. Have you gotten a chance to to talk with him or Pujols at any point, Devin? Um, no, not at all. It's actually funny. I saw the only time I ever talked to Pujols was when I was like probably ten years old, and he was hitting at the same cage that my team was practicing at, and like everyone wanted to stay to get his autograph, but I waited like two hours, and like everyone else had left, and then he wouldn't sign my ball. He wouldn't sign my ball that day. And I was like pissed. I go home. I'm telling my mom, I'm ripping up his cards. I'm never talking to him or never even, he's not my favorite player anymore. None of that. Like all that. I come back a week later. There's a ball waiting on me. It said to Devin from Albert. I was like, oh, all right. He's my favorite player. Again. <laughs> I need all those cards back. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're taping the cards yeah, back God together. My mom didn't let me rip it up. She didn't let me rip it up. <laughs> That's, That's a great funny. story, man. That's a great story. How'd he find you with the autograph? I can see he just left it for me. I don't know if he didn't want to. He wasn't trying to sign a bunch of them, you know. Um, uh, so he kind of just did it low key and left it there for me to get the next time I showed up. But dope, I was man. really pissed that day. <laughs> <laughs> That's man, a great that always happens, though, especially yeah. if you're a big fan as a kid. That should happen to me with Will Clark. I was a big Will Clark fan, and he came out of the stadium one time, and I put my ball in his in his car, and he rolled my damn arm up in his car window because I dropped no. the ball and everything. <laughs> dropped the ball, and he left. Like, I didn't get my ball back or nothing, guys. I had, like, Kevin what? Mitchell's autograph and shit on there, and, like, ball gone. Like, he took off of my ball, guys. True what? story. Oh, Swear to God. Because I was the same way. I was, like, a big fan. I went to a lot of A's and Giants games, and I would hang out after. Yeah. To like get autographs and shit, and yeah, that shit happened. So did, wait, you know. wait, did did you did you ever bring it up to Will in the years since? I, I haven't. I mean, we had the same agent when I was like really young, like a rookie. So I was like scared to talk to him. You know what I'm saying? So I never said anything. <laughs> so if he's listening to this, yeah, that shit happened. Oh my. <laughs> that who do we have? We, so Devin, we had on Dave Stewart recently. He was telling us the story of. Who was it that wouldn't sign his ball and then he ended up teammates with, see? He, uh, it was yeah. someone who he... No, it wasn't... He, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, Reggie. It wasn't no, Reggie. It wasn't Reggie, but it was Reggie, tied in else. with the story. It was yeah. someone else. Uh, it was a notable Rick Monday. Play. It was Rick Monday. That's who it was. It was yeah. Rick Monday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he and then he ended up teammates with him. Yeah. And yeah. and and he had he had told Rick Monday like he had to, like told him off when he didn't or something and told like him Reg- the story, yeah. yeah and and but yeah. remember he said when he didn't get the autograph and then he and Reggie heard him cuss out Rick Monday for not signing it was like damn all right like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah what he say he said his cousin told him he was an asshole yeah yeah oh so you listen to the pod then I listen. I listen to that one. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Out. Yeah. His cousin uh, said he's an asshole. That's yeah. how he met Reggie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. That's right. It's a great story, man. Great story. So, Devin, when you what wh- you're in your off season now, how do you how do you approach it going into next season? Obviously, COVID is still altering all of our lives, but when do you start to ramp things back up? Uh, you know, how, especially you guys didn't have a full season. How do you kind of gear yourself up for for next season and and stay in shape and whatnot? Um, I mean, I'm actually getting back in the gym. I just worked out for the first time this offseason today. Um, Getting back on my routine. I usually work out Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, every week. Um, Typically, I'll do two sessions of hot yoga during that week, but I don't know how that's going to work out with uh, COVID. But mm. yeah, I might have to find some other way to get that in. What about throwing? Do you stop throwing? Like when do you start, or or do you, or do you start back up when do you start? Yeah, I usually give myself like three weeks to a month. But, um, you know, I had a little injury at the end of the year, so I'm gonna give it a little more time. We're still going through some rehab stuff before we start ramping up here. But to be honest, I don't. I'm not sure if we're gonna start on time, so it might be a good thing that I'm delaying it this year. In a normal offseason, how many bullpens will you throw before you go down to uh, to Arizona for spring training? Like, do you you know how many? Like in January or February? Um, me personally, I probably at least like ten. Like, oh, I'm like person. I I love to throw. Like, I love to throw. Like, that's all I did during quarantine is just fucking throwing. Like, 
I was doing a live at least once a week, like every week during quarantine, you know, just getting the work in. But I just love to throw. I love to, you know, I want to feel everything, you know, make mm-hmm. sure it's right. So I'll be out there before the game throwing for 30 minutes and everyone else is already inside. But I'm like, man, it just doesn't feel right yet. I need a couple more. Yeah. And, and you're not worried about being fatigued or tired when you do that? Um, not usually, no. But <laughs> it's also you just listen to your body. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know if you're, you got a lot of bullets that day or not. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Devin, Devin, how's that Milwaukee food scene? Uh, it's pretty good. I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't really get a chance to get out and go to many places with COVID and everything. But the, the few that I did go to, they were pretty good. That's true. See, that would have been. Can you imagine if in your last year, see, you didn't get to hit up the restaurants from your favorite cities? Yo, yo, this is this this wouldn't have worked for me at all. Like, <laughs> I think this is, this season was not for me. Like, 2019 was perfectly way for me to end because this shit was this shit was crazy, bro. No, not for you, not for you. Well, Devin, thank you, dude. Thank you for the time. Thank you for being on, man. Congratulations on an amazing season. Uh, hope we get to talk to you again and we'll certainly be following you and trying to keep our eyes on your absolutely ridiculous change up um, but uh, but more more success to you man and I hope that uh, I hope that you meet Nelly sometime soon <laughs> alright man thanks for having me it was a blast keep going bro keep representing for sure well good to hear from Devin man I love how you still have so much love for Milwaukee too man I'm telling you I love that place like it was just so much fun and and you know from Mark Antonaccio to you know all the Bob Euchre and you know all the guys people that work in the stadium and Craig Council like it's just a great organization and you know just great people so um yeah, I mean, it's fun to be a part of that Brewers family for sure. Well, a little uh, Thanksgiving PSA to our audience. Next week, we will release our episode on Tuesday. So instead of Thursday, Thanksgiving week, because we know people got a million things going on. That on was a PSA for me, too, because I didn't know that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly said. <laughs> Perfectly said. A P- a PSA for all listeners, whether <laughs> whether hosting or otherwise. We'll, we'll release next week's episode on Tuesday. Uh, so until then, uh, you guys know the deal. New episodes every Thursday. Bonus episodes as well. Follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And do tell all of your family and friends, everyone who you care about, let them know how much you love R2C2 because we love you for doing that. Uh, until next Tuesday, peace. Peace. <laughs>